Welcome to the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Dowd. In my 25 years of sales experience, I've managed some of the most prestigious accounts in the world, negotiated multi-million dollar deals without sacrificing relationships, and built successful sales organizations where folks were knocking down the door to be a part of the rich, fun culture we created. My goal is to help train leaders and sales organizations how to manage and deliver results with empathy, compassion, and kindness. Each week, I'll share strategies you can take with you to invest in your people in a way that redefines the fabric of your sales organization and your company as a whole. I have an arsenal of tips and tricks up my sleeve and have a decorated sales career to leverage. Let's get started. Welcome to the Heartbeat for Hire podcast series. I'm your host, Lindsay Dowd. I come to you as a 25-year decorated seller, first-line manager, second-line manager, and executive. I've started a number of -of first-of-a-kind businesses for IBM, and I've managed some of the most incredible accounts in the world. I have a number of awards and accolades under my belt and an arsenal of tips and tricks that I want to share with you. But my whole reason for doing this and my reason for founding Heartbeat for Hire was to help build strong and rich sales culture. I've built these organizations myself. And when you build it, the revenue speaks. The revenue will always follow when you have happy employees. And why is this so important? All you're hearing right now about the great resignation and people leaving organizations because they are not feeling valued, not feeling seen, not feeling recognized. This is what I want to address. When you build terrifically deep, trusting climates, you have an opportunity for people to rise up and do their best work. So Heartbeat for Hire was was founded in order to help companies develop long-lasting, rich sales culture and ultimately help drive revenue, because that's why we're all in sales, right? And I can tell you from my firsthand experience that when people are given that opportunity to rise up and share their ideas and be heard, they will not only form new best practices, but they'll really help each other. They'll lift each other up. There'll be collaboration. There'll be opportunities for them to share and to grow. So what do I do? I'm offering a number of different training programs for both leaders and sellers alike. And who are my customers? Well, customers obviously are anybody with a sales force, but really my background is in tech. So I just want to work with a company who's ready to look in the mirror, who's ready to say, I want to make some changes and I want to invest in my people. As a leader, that's probably one of the best things you could do or say for your people. And actions really do speak louder than words. When you bring in somebody like me, who's going to help you tweak your language, who's going to help you recognize easy, small, nuanced ways of making your people feel seen and heard, it's amazing how quickly the results will come. So the goal is obviously to get great results and build this long-lasting sales culture with permanence. And how do we do that? Well, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to agree to some ground rules. And I say this because if we don't establish the ground rules, then it's just a free for all. Then it's just a nice thing to listen to. It's a fun, you know, hour away from doing my number one job. But really, we have to agree to this so we can build permanence, so we can build culture that's going to last 
long after people leave their jobs. And when people say to me, so Lindsay, who do you talk to? Do you talk to a VP of sales? Well, of course we talk to a VP of sales, but really we need the sponsorship at the top. And really at the top, CEO, CRO, CHRO, all of those people need to be on board with these changes. And what I've noticed with a lot of companies is sales is always looked at as a little different. And they are different. They're more aggressive. They're on a different comp plan than the rest of the company. They're maybe used to a little bit more rejection. They're used to a fast pace and they're used to a lot of scrutiny. And as a result, people say, well, since sales is so different, they're going to have their own HR. They're going to have their own marketing and their own focus really separate from the rest of the company. While the rest of the company is getting a lot of these practices and initiatives in place to help build stronger sales, stronger culture overall at a macro level. So there's a lot of wonderful ways to build sales culture. And I'm not talking about free beer on Fridays or uh, ping pong tables or um, yoga classes downstairs. I'm really talking about something different. I'm talking about ways that leaders invest in their people, the way that they speak to their teams, and the way that the company talks to each other and leads by example. It's so, so important that we agree to these ground rules at the onset. And really the easiest first way that I like to focus is on language and communication. How are you speaking to your people? Well, that's really the, the easiest thing to fix. And it's a behavioral thing that will drive immediate change. Let me give you an example. When you have a leader who says, how can I be the best manager for you? You are opening up a door to build trust. That moment, your, your employee, your direct report that you're asking that question of is going to go, wow, my boss wants to know more about me. This is, this is exciting. They really want to hear what I have to say. So they're going to have a, their guard down, ideally. And if not, we've got more work to do. But ideally, they're going to start to tell you things. And I will promise you, the answers are going to vary wildly across your team. And that's because people have different levels of experience. Maybe they're a different age. But all of those answers are going to help you understand what you need to do as a leader to help support them. It also opens the door to understand what they're best at by asking them questions like, what do you love to do the most? What was the favorite job you ever had here or anywhere and why? When you start to understand the why, you start to understand your innate superpowers on your team. And as a leader, stacking your team is the greatest thing you could do. You will be able to pivot faster. You'll be, be able to capitalize on those experiences and capitalize on their expertise. So if you know that somebody on your team really loves speaking in front of clients or speaking in front of people, give them the floor, give them the spotlight, let them stand up and talk on an all hands call. If you know somebody that really enjoys looking at reports or analytics, let them have that opportunity. Sometimes giving more responsibility is going to make people rise up and do more. When you say to your people things like, I think you did a really great job on that last call. Let me tell you why. They're excited. You listen to them. They've been heard. And 
you have an opportunity at that point, if there's something that you really want to coach them on, you can continue to say, there's one thing I do want us to work on and let's think about how we can do it better next time. They're going to appreciate that level of critical thinking from you. They're going to appreciate the fact that you listen to what they said and being listened to is probably the easiest thing we could do as leaders. And if we're not doing that, we're really not doing our job. I worked for someone who basically told me that she didn't agree with how I was presenting myself on um, these very important calls that we had every week. In fact, worse than that, she told me I was doing a bad job. Well, I got to tell you, when you hear words like that, it sets you up for failure. I pretty much was sure I was going to do a bad job on every call here on out. And I expected her to think poorly of me. And I thought I was going to do poorly myself. And it was just a matter of time before I tripped up and fell down. If you could reframe that and you can do it from a positive perspective and say, you know what, you're getting better at these calls. There's a couple of things I want to work on with you because I really want you to shine. It's a very different tone than what I heard. Those things matter. They're really small, but telling your team that you believe in them and that they got there of their own merit is really important. When you believe in your people, you are far less likely to micromanage and you are far less likely to, to make them feel scrutinized. You want to honor the talent on your team. And are there gonna be opportunities for coaching? There probably will be. And is everyone on your team gonna be fantastic the first day? Of course not, but it's an opportunity for you to lead. So when you think of how to talk to your employees, you're gonna have cadence calls every week or every other week on your team. And if you ran a business like I did, the first two months of the quarter is that opportunity where you can alternate weeks. So if you're gonna talk numbers one week, the second week you should be talking to them about them, about their career, about the things that they're doing well, about what they want out of their career, what they want from you. It's an opportunity for you to advocate for them. It's a tremendously important thing for you to know. And that way, when you're asked, hey, what's going on in the field? What's going on with my team? Not only are you going to know, you're going to have a really deep, thorough understanding of everyone on your team. And that's really, really important. So everything I just described is a concept called inverted management. And instead of only managing up, you're managing your people so you can represent them. And it's going to make you look even better than if you were just managing up on your own. You're creating a, a place for collaboration and deep, deep trust. It's so, so crucial that you do this because your people will not only feel uh, excited to work with you, they will perform because they feel seen. I can't tell you the amount of times I've asked people or people have volunteered on my team because they felt seen said, and said, Lindsay, hey, I'm going to go coach these two people. They seem like they're struggling. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I'd love it. Go for it. Well, that woman that volunteered to do that turned out to be one of my greatest managers. And you know what? The story with her, she was a seller. She was a very strong, strong seller. She had performed quarter after quarter, year after year, and was extremely well respected. And I watched her coaching these reps. And I asked her, I said, Emma, has anyone ever asked you if you want to be a manager? She said, Lindsay, I would love to be a manager, but nobody has ever asked me. I happen to have an open slot on my team. And I gave her that job. I watched her rise up. I watched her coach the people on her team. But more, more than anything, she turned to me and said, 
how do you think I'm doing? And she knew it was a safe place for her to ask that question and me to give her a really simple answer or give her some role playing or say, maybe we could try it this way next time. But we had that two way street of trust, which is so crucial to everyone's success. And it's really what everybody wants. Everybody at, an, at a company will always want the same things. It's collaboration, it's community and purpose. And by understanding your people, you can better help define the purpose of what it is they're doing. As a leader, providing purpose in the form of numbers, in the form of what their deal did to the bottom line, and really more importantly is what the work of the whole company is doing for the greater population that you're selling to. That is meaningful and people crave that. And especially now after the great resignation, you're watching people leave jobs for jobs that aren't giving them so much more money. They're leaving because they're tired of being treated poorly. They're tired of not feeling seen. And that some of them are leaving and they don't even have a job to go to. They just know they can find something that is a safer space, that is better culture than where they are now. Now, when people think of culture, very often they think of diversity and inclusion, and that is absolutely a huge part of culture. And there's lots of business resource groups that a lot of companies have, and those are tremendously important. And I highly recommend joining those groups um, to meet people and to really understand the fabric of the company. But culture is done in the ways that I've been describing with communication and language, with inverted management, and also with recognition. And when you think of recognition in sales, recognition typically is the trips, the prizes, the cash awards, the trophies. Um, in the old days, it was cars and Rolexes and money falling from the sky. We're a little distant from that now, although I did love those days. But recognition is also done in much smaller ways. And very often the knee-jerk reaction with recognition is to only recognize or recognize first the sellers who have done the biggest deals. And while we all know that those are important and those are really you know, building the base of the success for the company, you have to recognize the smaller moments. And those smaller moments can be recognized in a number of ways. If you're having team calls, there's an opportunity for you to shine the spotlight on someone on your team for doing something good. Maybe it was a smaller sale. Maybe it was a way they collaborated with a peer. Maybe it was a way that they worked with another team. Maybe it was a way they coached somebody else. But those are opportunities for you to really highlight and set the tone for positivity, inclusion, and letting people do their best work. It also gives you an opportunity for people to build best practices. I loved saying, I'm not the smartest person in the room, guys. You guys are in the trenches. You're hearing what's going on from our clients. Is there a better way to do this? And if so, what is it? What you'll find is you'll get people that will listen to you and that will say, I have some ideas I want to share. And the greatest thing about that is you're going to start to build new best practices that not only your team is going to thrive off of, but other teams are going to recognize and captivate and ca capitalize on those as well. Those best practices can be the foundation of you as a leader and the foundation of your sellers understanding the possible. 
Best practices were some of my favorite, favorite things to do. We built storytelling programs. There was a number of ways that we were selling to our clients that was different than other ways that we had done before. And the kiss of death is when you hear the words, oh, we've always done it this way. Well, why do we have to keep doing it this way? Aren't there better ways? Isn't there a, a, a better way of doing anything? I have to believe that. And I really do think that when you hire a diverse set of minds and a diverse set of people, it makes you better. Recognizing those moments and recognize that different thinking from yourself will help everyone rise up and collaborate more. It's so critical that you do that as a leader. And this is something I love to teach. It's something that when I did it, my teams ate it up. They absolutely thrived on it and they helped each other because they all felt it was such a great place to be. And I had people knocking on my door saying, I want to be a part of that environment. When do you have an opening on your team and can you bring me on? So this is something I live and breathe. It's something that I feel very, very strongly and passionate about. And I feel like it's something that a lot of companies need help with. I hope that I can help you. I'd love to implement a training program for you and help you realize your best results through my program and through working with Heartbeat for Hire. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe and tune in for more because we'll have great guests and tips and tricks um, that are going to be talking about how important sales culture is. And my goal is to help teach and help us all learn from the best in the business. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Heartbeat for Hire. If you like what you hear, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a five-star review. To keep the conversation going, you can find me on Insta or at LinkedIn at Lindsay Dowd, H4H, or you can reach me at my website, heartbeatforhire.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.